Advent and Christmas. Uh, and so usually around this time of year, of course, Thanksgiving's hitting on Thursday. I like to talk about gratitude. I started this a few years ago and realized um, gratitude is something of a superpower. I, I believe this, actually. If, if you can really cultivate it within yourself and, and really live a life of gratitude, uh, you begin to see the world in a genuinely different kind of way uh, in which... Uh, there are gifts to receive uh, throughout your daily life that you may not otherwise have seen. Uh, and so this Sunday, the one we're in, uh, and next Sunday, which we are talking about gifts and gift giving and, and grace, uh, are kind of connected. We might have it backwards, however, because usually you give the gift and then you say thanks for it. We're doing the thanks side of it, and then next Sunday talking about the gift side of it. But these two things are, are interrelated. And so next Sunday, as we gather together uh, and we begin the gift-giving uh, season of Christmas, I actually think these two interrelate uh, quite well. Um, today, before we get into giving thanks and into gratitude, uh, let's go to God uh, and give God some thanks. God, this morning we come and um, we give you thanks for this church. We give you thanks for the freedoms that we enjoy as a nation to be able to gather together and to worship you uh, in the ways that we see fit, in the ways that you call us to, without worry about some outside oppression. God, uh, for all of this, we thank you. I thank you for this community that is South Run Baptist Church. And God, we pray now that you enter this place. God, that this sanctuary be filled with your presence, that you speak to our hearts, and that you make clear to us today what it is you're calling us to. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Um, there is a... Um, a guy named Brendan Burchard. Uh, he is a, a sought-after public speaker uh, who I've, I've connected with uh, recently. I've listened to a, a book of his. And uh, he, uh, he tells a story of his own life that I kind of want to relay to you. Uh, and it has everything to do with Thanksgiving. Um, and you'll see in a minute how. Uh, but I was gripped by his, his own personal story. It's, uh, it's a story of how he came to, uh, it's kind of an origin story, really, of how he, he started his life. He, he was about 19 when this story happens. He was in college, um, and he had, uh, he had a girlfriend uh, that he had been with since high school, and he tells the story that uh, they, he, he thought they were getting married. He thought they, this was the one. Uh, they had been together for years and, and then she cheated on him, and he was devastated. Um, but he wasn't just devastated, he was, he was devastated. And as he tells his own story, uh, he had thoughts of suicide, and he had thoughts that maybe uh, he was going to end his own life. And he wanted a way out. He was, he was done. And at this point in his life, he, um, again, was only 19. I mean, he's a young guy. And he's got so much life left to live. Um, and he's working at the college newspaper. And there was an ad that comes through the college newspaper. And uh, the ad is a beautiful scene uh, of a white sandy beach with beautiful blue oceans 
and then the, the, the caption over the top of it says, escape. <laughs> and he says, that's exactly what I need, right? I, I need to get out of here. I need to escape. Uh, and it turned out this was a summer-long uh, trip to the Dominican Republic where he was going to work as a, um, essentially a travel guide. And so he took it. He took the job. He and his friend Kevin, and they travel to the Dominican Republic, and uh, it begins to work on his soul, right? And, he, and he's, feeling, he's feeling, he's starting to feel better, and he's realizing, um, you know, that life does have some upsides to it, and, and there's actually a lot to be thankful for. And, and as he's there with his friend Kevin, they're spending the whole summer in this paradise, right? And they're, they're tour guides, they're leading people around paradise. And, and he said he, he had this one uh, encounter where he and his friend Kevin are, are flying down this road, going way too fast, like 80 miles an hour down the road. And they are just, the wind is whipping in. He says it's just one of these magical moments. And, and, and on the radio uh, is blaring a song, Life is a Highway, right? I, I want to ride it all night long. And you can imagine, like, his, like he's kind of on this high when uh, then the, the road turns rather quickly, and his friend Kevin, uh, who's driving, can't control the wheel. And his friend Kevin says, hold on, hold on, right? And in this moment, he realizes his, his life is starting to flash before his eyes, and he can't, he, he's starting to see the end of it all. And he gets uh, to a place where he says, um, I, like, he, he believes he's going to die, and and he starts looking at his life, and again, in a split second, and he asks questions like, did I even live my life, right? Did I live my life? And he says, no, he, he was just like a month earlier ready to take it. He, he was at the depth. He said, but in this moment, he realized, no, I, I want to live. Like, I, I desperately want to live. I, I don't want this to be the end of it all. And then the car skids uh, sideways off the road, hits a barrier, uh, and he flips over. The, the car starts flipping in the air, and it lands on, uh, on his side, uh, and he's knocked out. And again, in a very kind of true-to-life fashion, he, he says in this moment he has like these immediate flashbacks throughout his, of his life. And he remembers like being a kid and, and his 12-year-old birthday party. He remembers like being on the swing with his sister uh, and they're, they're in the backyard together and he's, he's recalling these memories with his parents and his friends. And, and, and then the next question comes in his mind is like, did I love? This is the second question he asked, right? Did I live was the first one. Did I love? And, um, and then he comes to. He got knocked out. And then he comes to, and, and Kevin, his, his friend, is there, and he's shouting at him. He's like, get out. Get out of the car, right? Get out of the car. And he's trying to get out the door, and, and the door won't open. He has to, like, bust through the front windshield, and there's, he's bleeding, and, and, and there's, like, blood all over the car and all over him. And, and he, he manages to, to get out. And, and then the third question comes in, which is, did, did my life matter, Right? Uh, these three questions for him become like a guideposts for, for his future. You know, did I live? Did I love? And did I matter? 
And he says to this very day, he, he asks these questions daily, right? Did I live today? Did I love today? Did I matter today? But as he gets out of the car, as he escapes uh, out the front window, he says he looked up, and it was, uh, it was in the night, and, and there's a big moon shining down on him. And he said, in this moment, something clicked. He said he looked up, and he connected with God. And he said, in this moment, he knew he was going to be okay, but he knew that his life was forever changed. And he felt like God had like personally reached down to him and gave him what he calls a golden ticket, which is essentially a second chance in life, right? He had a chance to do it all over again. His life almost ended, but now he's got a whole second chance. And he said... This moment was really important for him. He realized that he was blessed beyond belief just to get to live at all. And that by surviving this, and he and his friend, both he and Kevin, end up surviving the accident, they realized just how precious a life really is and how much of a gift life really is. And then he said this, and this is kind of what connected me to his story for today, which is, he said, and I quote, that the accident was something I am deeply thankful for to this day. Something I am deeply thankful for. It almost took his life, but it's something he is deeply thankful for. He had gratitude uh, for a car accident, right, that nearly took his life. Or really more precisely, he was able to see that he should have gratitude, not for the accident, but for the gift that is everyday life, because he got to live it. And he knew it wouldn't always be that way, and that it didn't have to be that way, that he could have died in that accident. And so he woke up and he vowed he would not squander this golden ticket, right? And so he wakes up every day, did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? And these questions that arose on, his, on that fateful night is something that has propelled him into his career. And he asks them daily. And if he gets to the end of the day and he, and he says yes to each one, then he knows he's, he's done what he's been put on this earth to do, right? And so he has honored the golden ticket in that moment. Uh, this sermon is indeed about giving thanks. Why it's important to say thank you. Why thank you. Brendan Burchard had an experience that almost cost him his life. And you could imagine, I certainly could imagine, that having had this same experience, he didn't have to actually respond this way. In fact, many people wouldn't have. And I would offer to you, would you have? He, he could have like, been trapped in a deeper hostility and he could have like, dug down deeper in and said, why me? You know, why do bad things just keep happening to me? First, my girlfriend cheats on me, and now this, right? I almost die. But instead of going that route, he chooses to see this as a gift. And he chooses later in life to be able to say, thank you, God, for this gift, right? Why thank you? I have a friend 
who uh, very recently told me that he is he's thankful for his cancer. And um, that's a stark statement. He, he was honest with me, though, and he admitted that if it were a worse form of cancer, he may not have been so thankful, but that the cancer has given him clarity in life. It's taught him what matters most and what matters very little. And much like Brendan Burchard, the thought of the end of one's life has shifted his focus. Cancer has been a cruel teacher, but a teacher nonetheless, and a teacher with lessons that it turns out are very, very important. And so instead of turning inward, thinking only of himself and reacting with anger or resentment, the response is turning outward and being thankful and asking, what am I here to do? Paul, in our New Testament passage today, says it this way. He says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6-18. I'll read it again. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. My very brief essentializing of what Paul is saying here is joy always, prayer always, gratitude always, because this is what God desires. God wants this for us. He wants us to be joyful. He wants us to pray. He wants us to have hearts of gratitude. But notice, and I don't always do this, the preposition that sits second from last there. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What Paul doesn't say is that these things are asked from you. God desires these things for you. He wants us, he desires, he wills us to be joyful. He wants us, desires that we we pray without ceasing, which needs a little explanation, but uh, he wants our gratitude in, in all circumstances, again, because it's, it's for us and it's, it's good for us. Now, what does that mean? Maybe the joy part. There's three parts, of course, joy, prayer, and gratitude. The joy part for us is, is obvious enough, right? We want joy for one another. The prayer might need some explanation, and I'm going to keep it somewhat brief because this is a sermon on on Thanksgiving, not on on prayer, though that's important too. We've spent a lot of time there. I think what he means here is that a life of unceasing prayer, well, he's getting at attentiveness, we'll just call it that. Attentiveness to God's presence in your life and to others in your life. It's being awake at every moment, awake to God, who is already at work in you, 
and through you and in others that are around you. Prayer in an unceasing kind of way is being open to the activities of God at any given moment. And this is God's desire, God's will, God's wishes for you. Because it turns out that the you that is in unceasing prayer is you showing up in the world in a way that is, is fully present, fully awake, grounded in God's abundance, in tune with what is needed from you, and prepared to live fully. God wants this for you, and I promise you want this for you too. This sermon is on gratitude, which I actually think connects with this prayer piece, and it certainly connects with the joy. It turns out gratitude, it spins off in a lot of different directions. Paul's telling us to give thanks in every circumstance. Gratitude always, right? And your thankful heart is, again, it is a gift for God, sure, But what Paul is really saying here is that if we can master the art of gratitude in the good times and the hard times, in the all circumstances, there is a benefit to you that should not be missed here. This is not God demanding something of you like a taskmaster demands of the servant. This is a God who is a doting father who wants something good for you, a God who wants you to be grateful because it turns out that being a grateful person is actually really good. Being thankful is a lot like prayer, really. It is being attentive in the same way, having your eyes open to the good gifts that are all around us. But gratitude really is honed in on those gifts. I said at the beginning, Thankfulness and and gift-giving, it's part of one piece, right? You're given a gift in life, and your response should be, thank you, right? Certainly when you give others a gift, the hope is that they receive it as such, and that there's some sort of heartfelt gratitude in their heart. Yesterday, the men met for breakfast, and there was a passage in there uh, in which, that we read, the front side of James, James 1, in which James uh, says something that was a little difficult, right? Consider it joy when you face trials. Consider it joy when you face trials. He connects it to perseverance. I see Paul doing something very similar here, do we not? Right? The, the rejoice or the joy always, and the giving thanks in, in all circumstances. The idea, we all know it's easy to rejoice when things are going well, and it's easy to give thanks when things are going well. On Christmas morning, when we've all got the gifts and the families gathered together and the emotions are running high, that's super. And it's really easy to have joy in those times. It's it's the times where things aren't going as well. Maybe it's the car accident or the cancer where you ask, well, where's the joy in that? And, and, and why should I give thanks for that? This is uh, what Paul is calling us to, however, because I do believe that if we open our hearts to it, there's a possibility there that is frankly endless, a possibility for transformation.
Even in these tough times, we can, if we're open to it, recognize that there are good gifts to receive. I think this is why Paul links these three things together. He, he links together joy, right? Joy always, prayer always, gratitude always. It turns out they all kind of weave in and out of one another into a beautiful fabric. And man, if we could just master this simple yet difficult passage, if we could really do this, Rejoice always, if we could really rejoice always, if we could really pray always, if we could really give thanks always, that would be life-changing, would it not? You would be a totally different person walking through this world if you lived this way, and so would I. But Paul recognizes, I recognize, this is, this is no easy task, right? This is something that requires Christ in us. But it is a desire that Christ has for us. Um, over the last hundred years, Harvard's been running a longitudinal study uh, in which they uh, have tracked the lives of the same people over the course of their lifetimes. Uh, and they started with just men, and then they've expanded it to men and women, and, and they've tried to broaden their sample size, and they keep coming back to the same people year after year after year to study a lot of different things, actually, about what makes a life a life. And uh, they've got lots of findings. It's a fascinating study. There's really nothing quite like this. And, and one of the big findings is that it turns out the happiest people among this study happen to also be the most thankful people. The happiest people, turns out, are also the most thankful people. And you might ask, are they, are they thankful because they're happy, or are they happy because they're thankful, right? And, uh, well, it's probably a little bit of both, frankly. But I think our passage today would remind us it's actually something that runs in the direction of our gratitude, our thankfulness. So we can open our hearts to that possibility. It actually increases our levels of joy and our ability to walk through this world with joy. So the real question remaining then is how do we do this? How do we put this into practice? How do we get more gratitude into our lives? And... I'm going to start with kind of a blanket statement here, which is, first, you've got to want it. You've, you've got to say to yourself, yeah, you know what, I really do want to be someone who is more grateful in my life, because I know that this gratitude brings with it all sorts of uh, benefits that include the way I treat other people, the way that I see God's abundance in my own life. Uh, my eyes are open to all kinds of possibility of hope and faith and love. And so you've got to want it. And so there is an altar call today. And the altar call today is, frankly, this simple. Are you going to say today, yeah, I want to be a grateful person. I'm going to put a seed in the ground, to use a metaphor from months ago, that, that I water and that I say, yeah, this is, who I, this is who I want to be. I want to be somebody who indeed is grateful for the many gifts of life, both the good ones and even the hard ones. <clears throat> now what follows 
are suggestions. It turns out you actually have to make these your own if it's going to stick, right? But I do want to throw out a few things to help you if indeed you want to answer the altar call this morning and become a more grateful person. I'll start with a reminder. Uh, no hands need to be raised right now, but a few weeks ago I introduced the idea of the daily examine. This is where you get to the end of a day, right? And, and you're laying in bed. Do you remember some of you might, if you, in case you weren't here, uh, it's very simple. At the end of your day, you, you just kind of walk through your day and, and you remind yourself of a few things, of, of the goodness of the day, of what happened. You remind yourself of, of the ways in which God showed up in that day, right? You also go through the day and you think, what do I need to ask forgiveness for? Where did I fall short? What's the thing that I did that I should have done? Or the thing I didn't do that I should have done? Right? And to, to get right with God in that moment. But it then becomes a really important opportunity for saying thanks on a daily basis, a daily touchstone, to say, thank you, God, for one more day on this earth. I didn't have to have it, but you gave me one more day. And I'm going to give you my next day as well. I'll again just kind of throw that at you and, and hope that somebody here finds value in that. I know that I do. Another thing, this feels also personal here. Uh, I, I think some of you like this kind of thing too, though, is is poetry. The poets uh, have a way of seeing the world. The artists, their, their whole job is actually to pay attention and to see things that other people don't see. And so slowing down and, and reading maybe a, a bit of poetry, you might see life as a gift in a different way. I've got one here for you. This is by Mary Oliver, and it's entitled Praying. And she says this, it doesn't have to be the blue iris, it could be weeds in a vacant lot or a few small stones. Just pay attention. That for her is probably the definition of prayer, just pay attention. And then patch together a few words and don't try to make them elaborate. This isn't a contest, but a doorway, right? So pay attention, see what God is doing, find the beauty in the world that's around you, and then don't try to do something elaborate. It's not a contest, it's a doorway. She continues, it's not a contest, but the doorway into thanks, right? And there she says it. The doorway is opening up to us a world of gratitude. A world that if we just slow down for one minute and see in a different way, we can say thank you for. Again, she's not talking the blue iris. She's talking the weeds uh, in a vacant lot or a, a, some small stones. She's not done. She almost is. And she goes on and she says, it's not a contest, but the doorway into thanks and a silence in which another voice may speak. And here the idea, I think, if I can try to get into her mind a little bit, is to say what she's opening up is, is 
our, our hearts, first of all, are opening to gratitude and to thanks. And then there's a silence. And in the silence, the stones themselves cry out to us. And God speaks to us through the weeds in the vacant lot and through the beauty that we find in the world. And we find that indeed we are communing with God in an unceasing kind of prayer. The third thing I'd say that we could do if we want to increase our gratitude is perhaps to memorize today's passage. It's an easy one, really. You might have it memorized already. There's just the three parts and then the tail end. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, those are the three parts, and then the tail. This is God's desire in Christ Jesus for you. A few other ideas. Keep a gratitude journal. Have a gratitude meditation. Challenge yourself in difficult circumstances to be grateful. And find someone who is good at gratitude. And uh, watch them. And follow their lead. And do what they do. Back to the altar call. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, my youth pastor used to make us all uh, close our eyes. And then he would say, if you're making a decision today, raise your hand. Adults, really quickly, did, and maybe kids too. Maybe we, we've, a lot of us have done this before. I'm not going to do that to you. Instead, I'm going to have us all keep our eyes open and still raise our hands. <laughs> and the altar call is a simple one. Do you need more gratitude in your life? And the answer is, yeah, we all do, right? We all do. Uh, lots of hands there. That was, this is really good. Uh, you have accepted the altar call for this morning, but I've also kind of tricked you. You see, right in front of you um, sits this little piece of paper right here. So if you look in the pew back, there is uh, actually a lot of people, a lot of pieces of paper, and they say, I am thankful for. Go ahead and grab that, and if you can find a writing utensil, you should. I have a very specific exercise, which is another gratitude builder here. And uh, it goes like this. I want you to look around this room right here for somebody. And feel free to kind of, you know, look around. Stand up if you've got to. We can all move. I know we don't normally do this. This is a little awkward. Whatever. <clears throat> look around the room and find one person that you are grateful for. Perhaps it's somebody that has taught you something in life. Perhaps it is somebody who has given you some kind of actual like physical gift. Maybe it's somebody who has loved you unconditionally. Maybe it's a mom, maybe it's a dad, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a brother or a sister, maybe it's a friend. And I want you to write onto this card right here why you are grateful for them. You're gonna fold it in half, and at some point today, you're going to give it to them. And you're going to be honest with them. And you're not going to hold it in, but you're going to tell them that you are thankful that they are in your life. If you do so, it'll be a double blessing. It'll be a blessing, of course, to them. But it will be a blessing to you, I assure you this. Let's pray together.
Heavenly Father, you are a father who gives good gifts to your children. May we not hoard them, but may we give thanks back for them. God, in this week of thanksgiving, uh, prepare our hearts in a way to be grateful people as we walk through this world. Grateful for the many, many things that you have done for us. Lord, may we not forget the death that you have rescued us from. The life that you have offered us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. God, for that, we give you tremendous thanks. It is a gift for which we cannot repay, except with our very lives. God, may we be people who take our lives into a world that needs you and that needs life. And may we repay your gift to us by giving over our lives in service of what you have called us to, God. God, we give you thanks this morning. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Christ's name we pray, amen.